As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's right. eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined as always by the one and only Sicky Magoots. What's up, you gross bastard? <laughs> it's not it's not nice to poke fun at people when they're feeling under the weather, all right? How you feeling, champ? Why don't you, why don't you get it together, all right? Look, look, I was being nice. I said uh we're gonna have to record remotely today so i don't get you sick and you decided to say that you have the immune system of a bull is that what you said no i said i have the immune system of a greek god <laughs> even worse so now you're destined to just get sick i think i think probably, uh, you're gonna be in my boat next week yeah but everybody's catching gross ass is, is away from me i don't have to worry about it it's true the yeah funny I know. Thing is, it's we're doing remote right now and you're i could probably throw a baseball to you from where we live yeah, yeah, probably. I can just look out my window, just see it coming in. What do you, what do you want from me? What, you want more? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, give me I some think, more. I think it's going to be, you're going to see spikes in energy, and then you're going to see low energy for like a little while after that. Ebbs and flows. All right, well. well you know what I was thinking about? Flow. Here's a uh, random thought. You know, I was thinking about, you okay. remember those, uh, I think it was Duracell batteries that you like, they said you could push down with your nail on it and it'll show how much energy is left in this battery. Oh yeah. That thing never fucking worked. No, it didn't. But that's what you feel like. Yeah. You feel like an yeah, unworking Duracell power battery. Okay, cool. Well, we're off to a hot start. Yeah. I think that's where <laughs> I was going. And people are going to remember those things. And that's like. I don't remember how, but it was an unlocked memory. Somebody said something, and I started thinking about it. Those things never fucking worked, and I wonder how much Duracell pumped into that campaign. I'm sure they made it all back by selling the batteries, because I know that I bought them, because I thought that was a cool premise. Yeah, never worked. Put it in my well, Xbox anyway, controller. As exciting as this conversation is, let's do some news real quick so we can get to the Bravo stuff so that you can get in bed, because... I need you to rest up because we got to record another time this week, and yeah. you need you need all your energy. You look tuckered out, pal. Well, look. If, if I know anything, oh, this is just this is just like a twenty-four to forty-eight hour thing. So I'm just holding on based to that on hope. What? Based on zero things, nothing, got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Let me just let me just hold on to that hope. All right. All right, I got you. I'll I'll I'll, I'll stop picking on you so we can get through this. But thank you. We got some things going on in the news in Philly. Up first, victory Tuesday, great win by the Birds. A slow return to form. They looked a lot better yesterday. Shoots and I were at the corner repping us, repping the bros, so don't worry, everybody. We were bringing down the house for everybody. And the yes. second thing, the Phillies tonight have a chance to clinch, go to the playoffs, Red October, baby. I got my Phillies shirt on, my Phillies hat, and whoop, Philly socks. <laughs> Put your fucking feet away. No, people always want to see our feet. Yeah, Here's but we foot. sell them. We want to sell it. We got to make money off these things. Well, it's not a way. naked foot. It's not oh, a naked, naked foot, foot, so I can show it. Yeah, it's Ooh. not a nude foot. It's just my Philly sock that my mother-in-law gave me because she's so sweet. Thanks, Susie. But um, <laughs> in the actual news, uh, we can't 
we can't not talk about it once again because we had to watch it all Sunday. It was insane to me the amount of coverage that Taylor Swift got across the board on all sports outlets. It is confirmed, Dev, who's in the kitchen, it is confirmed that Taylor Swift and Jason, sorry, Travis Kelsey are at least having fun. I don't know if we're going to say they're dating, but Taylor showed up to the game at Arrowhead. And we're going to take a different approach here because everyone else is excited. You know, two worlds colliding. Yeah, whatever. I guess that's cool. But what I'm going to call out, this is a so-called Eagles fan. Taylor Swift is a so-called Birds fan, self-proclaimed at her show when we were making the Super Bowl run last year. This season, the first sighting we get of her at a football game, she's wearing Chiefs red, sitting next to Mama Kelsey, who is the only one that has a pass to root for both teams because her son plays for both teams. How do you feel about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? I love it. I, I'm, I'm in full support of it. I don't care about that. It's... I always, I don't know, whatever. She wears like Eagles sweatshirts sometimes. I, I've never seen her at an Eagles game. I, you know, I don't think she's yeah. a true fan. You personally, you don't like going to Eagles games either because you drive around in traffic and, and slam on your steering wheel and get angry. Um, I've Can never seen her at an Eagles game. That, please. <laughs> no, I, I, we don't. Do we need context? People listen to us two times a week for a year now they know you and they know that what i just said checks out perfectly and there's no context needed at all um big support of it my favorite thing to come from this which will resonate with all of our listeners swifties are learning how to like play football and like what it is and there's full breakdowns on twitter and it shows like so there's four downs and you have four downs to get to 10 yards and a touchdown's worth six points and so on and so forth that's got to be like when i was reading that I had a come to Jesus moment with what our fans probably have to listen to every week. They're like uh, football. I, I don't, I never cared ah, about football, but the Broncos are here to talk about point. football. So I'm interested. So look, that's I mean, y- you can say that us and Taylor Swift have similar, uh, uh, let's say chain reactions to their fans. You're saying that we have the same impact as Taylor Swift. <laughs> I not magnitude just, you know, okay. Okay. At the core well, of it. Yeah. Philly. Eagles fan aside, I actually like it. I think that the duo makes a whole lot of sense to me. I think that they're a striking couple. You can't you can't argue that. I will say to the people that are like, is this a planned thing? A lot of people are like, oh, it's a publicity stunt. I don't think so. Because if you watch a lot of football, if you watch a lot of sports, like these guys during the season are so overly dedicated to their craft and their sport, the last thing they want to do is invite distractions. So I genuinely think that this is a, a moment where Travis Kelsey took a shot. He slid in via the, I think, New Heights is when they were talking about it, how he went to the Taylor show and like tried to slip her his number somehow. And he was he felt scorned because I guess that he didn't actually get to meet her. Fast forward now that they're actually a thing or at least a little thing. So I think this is genuine. And I'm actually, again, Philly jokes aside, I'm here for it. I think this duo makes total sense to me. I love the trepidation, though. Like, you you said a thing and then immediately said, little thing, little thing. Everybody back off, please. And I don't even know. I don't think you're doing that for our listeners. I think you're doing that for your wife in the kitchen who's going to scold you afterwards if you go too far. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm doing that for for my sake because the last time I made a bold statement about Taylor Swift, Dev quickly corrected me and said, no, 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 it's not that deep. I guess that's a Swifty thing. I don't know. (laughs) So I have to make sure. And the second thing is I don't want – 
the the swift army coming after us for making allegations that are not true because they move swiftly no pun nice all right yeah no i i mean shout out every every other podcast that us included have an episode coming out tomorrow because god that new heights podcast that comes out tomorrow is going to be the highest rated show of all time it's going to blow bethany's dumbass out of the water uh, it, it's going to like ten, be 10 times the stupid Bethany Raquel bullshit. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the biggest episode probably in the history of podcasts. They're already like number two in all podcasts anyway. Yeah. Add the Taylor Swift element to it. It's going to, I bet they're going to get like 10 million plus listens in like two days. 24 it's going to be crazy. Yeah. 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 It's going to be wild. So we're, shout out but, us for still putting out an episode on that day. Yeah, we're going to get smoked by New Heights, which (laughs) we do every week anyway. So it's no different. Nothing's changed, changed, but uh, let's move on to our power rankings real quick, and then we can get into a little Southern charm. So why don't you go first? Where where do our shows sit with you this week? Uh, For me, Salt Lake takes the number one spot after last week's performance. Just a, a wonderful, wonderful episode. Really just brings you back to the core of Housewives. And it was fun. I mean, look, I mean, there's obviously like a lot of drama, a lot of bullshit going on, but it's all real. And you get the mix of, you know, the major players who were still involved and then new people coming in that are trying to leave their mark, whether they're being genuine or not. Angie K, definitely not. Monica, probably. Um, It's just a really good mix of everything going on there. That's what we want to see from a housewife show. And the best part about the whole thing is obviously it airs tonight. They still have like at least two or three more episodes on this Palm Springs visit, right? Like we, we only got one day out of it. So I, I would imagine they've got at least two episodes out of this. Yeah. So it, 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 it can only spring. go up. Look, I mean, it, I think it's going to keep going up. I think Salt Lake, I don't want to confirm that it's back, but it feels back for me. Um, so Salt Lake takes the number one spot. Uh, I'm going to slide Southern Charm in at number two. Uh, then I guess it, Roni goes to three. Roni's this week, and we'll get into it, was just kind of boring for me. Uh, Roni's going to go three, and then. Is OC still on? I, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Season got finale this week. Fuck them. Yeah. We got season finale. Just enough. I, I just enough of them. <laughs> I'm so tired of talking about them. Save yeah. it for Thursday. Um, I think that's a solid ranking. I'm going to go. You're going to be blown away. Your head might explode. Number one, Southern Charm. Number two, Salt Lake. Number three, Roni. Number 18.9. OC because yeah. I just I agree with you um, seeing Roslick return to form is is wonderful that's a perfect word for it it's wonderful to see those ladies doing what they were doing the first two seasons before whatever the fuck we saw during season three Southern Charm is just so damn charming like watching the boys nice. enjoy some bevs on the roof like I just you feel like you're almost there. It's like, oh, yeah, like you can feel the crisp air while they're out there in their vests, you know, and the big deck energy shirt, which, by the way, JT, lean into the shirt. It's not making you look like a dork. You you are just a dork, period. It's not putting shirt, a T-shirt. Buddy. Putting a T-shirt on over your Oxford is already like the worst thing that you could do possible. Oh, my God. So what, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Like just lean into it at that point, pal. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's where I stand, which is baffling to me because i was anti-southern charm for the longest time and now i get it it took me a while yeah but i'm there i'm here now i'm here now you're here but with that and we're happy to have you thank you thank you so much 
But with that, let's go right into it. Um, this episode of Southern Charm, we start out with Craig and Paige are on the phone and they're just going over Madison's party. And this is why Southern Charm Craig to me is such a different animal than Southern or than Summer House Craig or Winter House Craig. It's just a different guy because the first thing that she asks is, how's the party? Craig said it was fun, period. That was it. And he doesn't go into the fact that Taylor was dragging him in front of everybody at the party. He doesn't go into the fact that Taylor, we get confirmation that she was alluding to Paige potentially cheating on Craig because he just says, look, I know she's going through a lot. I know that this is going to go nowhere. If I tell Paige, all it's going to do is incite an argument that's not worth it. He acknowledges that Taylor, while she was, you know, she was wrong for what she did. He acknowledges what she's going through. And he's like, I'm not going to add fuel to this fire. Party was fun. Let's just move past it. But it is interesting that we get confirmation later from Taylor. that There is a rumor floating around about Paige. And once again, no way. Like that's one I can, there's no way she's cheating on Craig. No, I, I just don't see it. Um, and I, I don't think we even really have to do with the justice of having like a full deep dive into whether we think it or not. No. I think it's as simple as just saying like, no, I, I just don't see it. There, Paige is a lot of things, but I, I just don't see her as a cheater. Um, yeah, I don't it, new Craig. I don't see Craig cheating on her either. So look, I think that their relationship has faults and I don't think that's one of them. But yeah, I mean, it is really weird to see that. And like, we've been talking about it for a while. And, you know, sometimes you're like, all right, you know, hanging out with Austin and Shep for Craig isn't the best thing all the time. He kind of falls into his old ways sometimes. But it seems like at his core, he's grown up a lot. And I mean, it, it could also just be like, look, like we know Paige likes gossip. So he yeah. could honestly in that moment just be saying it was a lot to deal with. I really don't feel like rehashing it and reliving it, at least right now. Like maybe let it simmer for a week and then let Paige know. But if I'm going to be sitting on the phone, like with a long distance girlfriend trying to fill her in on that. And obviously there was a lot of. Aside from the cheating comment, there was more shit talked about Paige. He might just not oh, yeah. want to get into it at the time and just kind of leave it as it no, is he's got, and then eventually talk about it. He's got golf with the boys, dude. He's got golf with the he, boys. He has no time to talk. <laughs> that's It's a good point. I mean, who wants to be brought down while you're about to... Uh, being on the road to go golf with the boys. Let's just talk about that feeling. Such a feeling. That's such a, a vibe. Feeling. Just, you know, you got some iced coffee in your hand. You're getting out on the course. Get some fresh air. Now, do I want to golf with somebody like JT? Fucking hell no. What a no. prick that guy is. Um, but no, I mean, you know, vibes were high and he didn't want to knock them down. So I, I appreciated it because, you know, I don't really want to have to relive it, rehash it over the phone with Paige in a car, at least as a viewer. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. But the next scene we move forward and Taylor is going to meet Leva. I think they're at Republic. I wasn't 100% which bar they were at, but they're going to meet or she's going to meet with Leva. Then we get a TJ sighting from um, Southern Hospitality, which was nice to see him drop in there. It's nice to see Leva's people working into the mix. As you guys know, we're big Southern Hospitality fans here. So nice to see those guys get a little shout out. But Taylor quit her job, as we know, to follow Shep around the world, which we all said it at the time. This is probably not the best idea, Taylor. You probably shouldn't do this. But lo and behold, she did. Where she lands is not where I expected. She's working for, it's called Day Chaser, and it's a new beverage company. You know, everyone's making mixers now in a can. But what I was shocked to find out, she got this job through Shep's buddy. 
Like mm-hmm. that, that's still too close to home for me. And I, I get it. Like she needed to find something. So like, you got to do what you got to do, but at the same time, it's too close. Right. Yeah. No, I, I feel like the overlaying factor for this entire episode between just that little thing that we got in there, that's kind of like, Whoa, that's weird. And then Shep talking to the boys later is yeah. Shep and Taylor are broken up, but they still have like that. Whatever. What did Shep call Austin later? Like a, a, a lifeboat or something. Yeah, Taylor, so he still gets to know what's going on there. And obviously, Taylor's still like accepting jobs through Chef's friends. So she's still around all those people. They're not like actually breaking up. Like, yes, they're broken up, but they're not completely severing ties. They're keeping themselves involved in each other's lives, whether they like it or not, whether they mean to or not. It's still out there. The most uncomfortable scene of the episode, though, (laughs) is just watching her try to sell this and and look i we know we admittedly have pointed out that bravo editing does people dirty sometimes this wasn't no, one of those that's moments. what this was taylor no. was digging herself a grave and i get it look leva is a successful businesswoman she obviously she has a couple of restaurants so she would be a big client like even if taylor's not involved on this show and doesn't know leva you're going to be a little nervous going into that because Leva has like three or four of the most popular bars, restaurants on the strip in Charleston. This is a big client to land. Throw in the element of I just fucking cursed out Craig in the middle of Madison's party in front of Leva to which Leva then said, no, you can't say shit like that at the end when she alluded to Paige cheating on Craig. It's a weird look. And look, I mean, to go from what was she a uh, orthodontist? I think orthodontist assistant. She was an orthodontist assistant. Yeah. Yeah. So to go from that into. Yeah. And she's just going from that into sales. Like we don't know if she has any sales experience. It doesn't look like it, but it was, I texted you and I'm like, this just feels like a kind of like a scene from the office, just like uncomfortable. Part of the reason why I don't really like the office. It's uncomfortable. It can be funny. Whoa. I'm like, no, I'm out on this. Whoa. What? You've never heard them. I knew that. I can't believe it. I don't even want to. Like, I want to cut that out so that our audience doesn't have to hear you say that. Like, what a dumb thing to say. It's not a dumb dumb thing thing to say. say. I've seen the whole show. The entire show is that awkward, uncomfortable comedy, which is just not comedy. It's just stupid. And it's just just out there to make you feel awkward. And that's just not fun for me. And the show for a comedy gets too real. And Jim and Pam kind of ruin the entire show. So what do you want from me? Jesus, you're coming after Jim and Pam? Yeah, Jim Pam sucked, dude. First off, Jim cheated on her in Philadelphia, and everybody's just like, "Oh yeah, sick, dude." Like they're a great couple. It's like, nah, they're a pretty shitty couple. Um, the whatever. We can do this for hours if you want to. But anyway, (laughs) watching Taylor try to sell something, which by the way, something's called day chasers. I actually saw this. I think I saw it in Taylor's Instagram like a week or two ago. She was pushing it. That is a dumb name for a booze-inspired drink. When I think chaser, I, was, I think uh, non-alcoholic. Uh, I thought it was like a hangover cure drink. That's when she started. Yeah, or something like, like that. Like, like, like things like liquid IV. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought it was either. Yeah, that was actually my first thought. Now that I'm thinking about it was it's got to be like a liquid IV, like a hydration supplement or some bullshit like that. Instead, it's booze. And like that doesn't the name doesn't speak to me as booze. It looks stupid. Mm-hmm. So I, it's one of Shep's friends. So, you know, say what you want about that. That's a good point. She's not a good but saleswoman. It was the worst not. interaction I've ever seen in my life. And I I give it up for salespeople because you can walk into a room and just like cold sell something. That's pretty crazy to me. She does not have the skills to do that. And I think we learned that very quickly. Yeah, but you know what? 
thanks to Leva and her being friends with Taylor, she signs on. She just says, we're going to need you in here to promote this, which, you know, it could also be Leva saying, you're going to come in to promote this, that you get better at this. That's what I read it as. Like, I'm going to help you out here. You're also going to come in, push this drink and, and maybe kind of hold her hand through this process, which is nice for her to do. And it is nice to hear Taylor say like, you know what? Yeah. I was out of line at that party. I went kind of cuckoo and I was projecting on Craig. So the acknowledgement is at least nice. I don't think it takes away from the disaster that party was, but at least she knows that she was out of line. But moving on, we get to the golf day with the boys, which I'm stoked. I'm always happy for a golf scene. Um, We get introduced to JT and JT pulls up and he's got two bottles in his cart of rosé maybe i don't know what it was no idea but, but he was like, walking around the green at one point with like an entire bottle if it was whiskey that's yeah. fucking wild that's what it looked like to me but jt doesn't look like the kind of guy that's gonna drink whiskey uh maybe he does, you're actually. jack and coke at the bar jack and diet jack yeah jack and diet um yeah it, i i was uncomfortable looking at that because i you know you could have a couple of beers out there but once he started breaking out the hard liquor and shit like that nah, get out of there plus we but, get the athleticism on display and not a lot going on there. No, I look, I've, I've reached out to pillows and beer a couple times. They haven't even read them, but I would love to get on the course and film the whole thing. I think that would be hysterical. Do like a little two man scramble versus those guys yeah. would be, I like our chances. I think we can do it. But um, after watching that, I think bit. we win easily. Uh, <laughs> we're both on, but we get to learn a little bit about JT. He moved to Charleston during the pandemic. He made Charleston his home. And then we get this story about how he went to England for the World Cup. He invited Taylor over there with her friends. And this is the first mention we get of Taylor from him, right? And I thought it was weird. I didn't read too much into it because we don't get into all the Taylor stuff until later. But then he starts asking Austin about his relationship with Taylor. And I'm like, why do you keep digging on this stuff? Why are you so invested on how Shep feels about Austin hanging out with Taylor? He's like, I just think it's weird, dude. Like, bro code, man, bro code. Like, why are you hanging out? Why are you guys so close? It doesn't make sense to me. And I guess Taylor hooked up with one of TJ's friends. And we find that out. And I'm sure that that rubbed him the wrong way. But all I'm getting from this conversation even before we get to like the confirming part, like clearly JT's got a thing for Taylor. Like that, it's yeah, written all over his face. Yeah, I mean, I, I did not like any part of that conversation. The way that he was talking mm-hmm. about it, like I sold my house in Charleston, and you know, I had a, I had another house out in London, so I sold my house in Charleston. Just told everybody, like, hey, you want to come on a all expenses paid trip? Like anytime that people start talking about shit like that, I'm like, nah, fuck off. But he he just instantly rubs me the wrong way, the way that he talks, the way that he's bouncing back and forth and like talking to Austin and Craig. And yeah, I mean, I didn't think a lot of it. Now, obviously we do know, I, I, I just from like the season trailer, we know that there's like something going on with JT and, uh, and Taylor, but overall from that first conversation, I'm like this, it's just really weird to walk in with that kind of high energy talking about how Austin is best friends with Taylor I couldn't tell if it was one, him just trying to like play it up for the cameras and get a storyline going or two, he's in love with Taylor and he's super jealous that Austin's close to her. Both. I think yeah, it's both. it probably I is. Both. Is Do you think they brought JT show? in to like kind of spin this whole narrative? Like 
why the fuck else is this loser coming onto the screen? If it, like maybe Bravo so, producing yeah. is like, hey, we need to bring in a third party here that's also kind of friends with Taylor. Hey, we've got this guy who's also rich who just sold his house and brought Taylor on a trip. He might be able to share a little bit of information about Taylor and then kind of bring it in there. And they just, I didn't really just care. The tact of it all was probably my biggest issue where he just goes so hard against Austin being friends with Taylor and starts talking about bro code like 50 times. I don't know. Yeah. I just didn't like it. No, I agree with you, but I think that it's both. Honestly, I think that they brought him in and as a newbie, he's been watching the show. He's been friends with these guys, so he knows the gig. He knows what you're supposed to do. So he's trying to drum up drama, but at the same time, he has feelings for Taylor. So now he's trying to drag Austin on screen to make him look the, like to be the bad guy yeah. so that he comes out looking better. That's what I think. But the next scene we get to meet Rod. Um and Olivia has been going on dates. I think this is date number two. I'm not positive, but I think it's date number two. And it's like a little lunch date in the park. And we find out that Taylor's roommates finally moved out, a.k.a. her parents. So she has full reign of the house. And I will say Bravo has made me jaded towards new boyfriends or new dates because I'm always assuming this dude's a fuck boy. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Like, what's this guy about? I like Rod. I, I like Rod, Rod a lot. He's a nice dude. He goes yeah. to two different delis to find her gluten-free bread because she can't eat gluten, which is a really nice move. Could it be him trying to like play his cards the right way? Sure. But he seems genuinely interested. He's making some lighthearted jokes, but not like actually making fun of her, which is a good move. And when he <sighs> made the joke of like the tour bus going by and he's like, and if you look to your left, there's 300 white people and one brown guy. I was like, wow. That was fucking funny. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, no, hey, it was it, it was very funny. I, I liked him the whole time. He was a, it was a pleasant, pleasant experience. It's got to be awkward. I mean, he's I don't know. I thought it was their first date. I couldn't tell if Olivia said she's been on two dates and this is the second of the two. And now it's our first with Rod. And the whole thing was a little vague. But yeah, I mean, look, I think he went in with some uh, with some style, with some swag. I enjoyed it. I think he rizzed her up. You know what Riz is still just enough, just a little bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know Riz. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he uh I think he had a really good showing on that date. He earned that kiss at the end. I'm cheering for him. I, I like that he made the move as well. It wasn't over aggressive. I you know the fact that they just crushed Sandoz and then they, they make out is a little gross to me, but uh, you know, that's you know, I, I think there, there was some it. time in there, you know. <laughs> I think there's time to pick your teeth a little bit in there. I hope so. But no, Rod, great first impression, pal. I, I like how you're coming into the show. They seem to have a lot of chemistry, so Good for you, bud. Then we get a quick check-in with Patricia and Whitney. And Patricia looks great. She looks great. And my sentiment about these two has changed so far to the other end of the spectrum. I couldn't <laughs> stand these two when I started watching the show. And again, I'm watching Southern Charm correctly now. So now I get it. I'm like, oh, here we go. I need a little check-in with the aristocrats. What's going on, guys? I almost said aristocrats. But <laughs> same thing. They're just, yeah, we get to meet Randy, the new butler, because the other butler had a, a stroke last year, right? Um, and they didn't seem that concerned about it. I remember that being a problem for me. No, they, yeah, that was, they that moved was two on years pretty quick. That they had the butler two years ago, and then last year was sort of like an interim butler. And I think Randy popped in towards the end too, right around that uh, dog wedding. I think Randy was involved. Remember the dog wedding? Oh, he. I do remember the dog wedding. Yeah, because yeah, I think played, I think Randy like, was around his for rendition that. on the uh, electric guitar. <laughs> But, yeah, no, it's it's know, just really funny to see like, the, and this is kind of like par for the course for Whitney and Patricia. 
they have not interacted with another member of the cast the entire season yet. No, they're just popping. They're just popping in like, hey, let's go check out what they're up to. And you just see the banter between the two of them and you move on. That's all I need from them, though. I don't need much more. I just want to check in with them and then move on. I got to learn that in in England, you don't touch glasses because when you cheers because it's considered gauche. Didn't know that. Did you know? Do you know why people cheers like where that came from? No, a war, I imagine. So you people started to cheers because back in the day, people would poison each other's drinks. And by cheersing, it would spill a little bit of your drink into the other person's drink. So that if you poison their drink, it was like a trust thing. It's like, all right, let's cheers because if you fucked with my drink, you're going to die too. That's where our cheers came from. There's your history yeah. lesson, pal. How about but that? moving on from that, um, Madison's FaceTiming with her mom and just going over the her new role as a wife and you know she says she's killing it she's cooking him dinner and he's on the front lines of the wildfires out in california right now and look brett's a man we gotta say it like he's just a man like he's he's a he's a beautiful guy and at the same time he's out there on the front lines fighting wildfires he's playing with the kid i love the story about the roast and he's allergic to carrots he didn't say a goddamn word he ate around the carrots good for you pal anybody else in the show would have thrown the roast on the floor and been like i told you i don't like carrots <laughs> so i'm a big brett fan but we get back with the boys pretty quickly after that and they are doing a a bar crawl in a golf cart i guess i don't I, th- those things always kind of rub me the wrong way with people you see them down the shore now everybody's got a fucking golf cart it's gonna take like one drunk driving accident for every county in the world to just be like all right golf carts are out like i don't I, think you're allowed to drive drunk in a golf cart you're not allowed to drive drunk in anything but uh um, you can <laughs> maybe you can. A, maybe a forklift are you forklift no. certified i am not forklift certified no uh, i don't need think to get you our do that either i think any heavy machinery yeah i do have weird certifications but not that one but yeah i i don't think you it's can get just, arrested for riding a horse drunk. That's a DUI. Yeah, but and they're drinking and riding around Charleston and like main streets. Uh, I don't know. It's just it seemed like a weird thing to do. Now, obviously, we got to see a little bit of that in Roni too, but Uba wasn't drinking, so yeah, whatever. Um, Let's not get into the legalities of it. We don't know. <laughs> I know, but it's still just like it's not the safe choice. I mean, I guess like parking wise, there's parking for golf carts in front of places. It's almost like handicap parking essentially, which is another problem in itself. Um, yeah, <laughs> so they, that I mean specifically that bar, uh, that golf carts are taking spots away from the handicapped people that need those spots. That's what my a problem. platform. What a platform. Yeah, that's tonight. my new platform. Actually, I'm running for office. Um, so yeah, I mean, in theory, it sounds pretty cool though. A little golf cart bar crawl sounds great. But anyway, back to <laughs> task here. Jesus, we get to. Check back in with Shep. Shep shows up a little bit later. He's talking about his trip to Australia, and he seems really torn up about Taylor as he's talking about all of the other women that he met and hooked up with while he was overseas. So that's where I I get really frustrated. And you know I don't like Shep, but when you're highlighting, like he asks, how was Australia? And all you talk about, you go from golfing at the Royal Melbourne because you accompanied identical twins to a wedding or something or you met identical twins then you accompanied another woman to a wedding that's not what he asked he said how is australia and you immediately talking about like the list of chicks that you hooked up with which is so par for the course that's not what happened 
that's what I got out of it. No, they started talking about golfing because he had a uh, vest on from Winged Foot, which is up in New York. I know that. And, and then, then he, he said, yeah, Australia. I got and he said, yeah, I he never asked about Australia. He just said, I got to play at Royal Melbourne. And JT asked, how did you get on there? And he said, it's actually a very funny story. And then he went into it. But right, like maybe I'm jaded. You are jaded and it's OK. You're still you're you're like a Shep hater coming out of. I know, will forever always be a Shep hater. Yeah, no, you, you'll you'll turn the corner eventually. Nope. Um, but no, I, I look, we know what Shep is. So, like, am I surprised by any of this talk? No, I think that two things can be true. I feel like he is still torn up about Taylor and he's been obviously on the road and going to Australia and South Africa and whatever. Of course, he's hooking up with chicks. He's trying to fill a hole in his heart. What do you want from him? No, he's definitely trying to fill a hole, but that's Whoa. when we get talking. <laughs> Let's not get political on here. <laughs> God, I can't wait to talk about that rose on Friday. What a joke. But that's when we start talking, or sorry, JT forces the conversation. It was so uncomfortable and so yeah. awkward and so unnecessary. And he's just like, dude, why'd you let Taylor go, man? She was the perfect girl. Like, she was literally perfect like she's perfect man how could you let her go and craig points out like yeah you're clearly in love with her like he lights up when she walks in the room and then jt quickly points the fingers like well austin lights up when he walks in the room like is he in love with her and the whole table kind of goes like silent and i love when austin gets backed into a corner because he always does the same face he like looks up at the ceiling and goes like oh um he does that face right there which if you're not yeah. on youtube you can't see the face but this is when, or no, I'm, I take that back. That's my bad. JT didn't put that on him. Austin offered that information. Austin offered the information himself. Yeah, yeah, that's my bad. Austin's the one that says, I light up when she walks in the room. Does that mean I'm in love? It's like, probably. Does yeah, it? that's a weird, yeah. weird <laughs> thing to put out there on the table when you're sitting across the table from Shep. And this is when JT goes on his rampage trying to throw Austin under the bus where he's like, Shep, don't you think it's weird that their relationship, like, She's sleeping over at his house. It's like, dude, what are you doing? You're the one that was on the golf course talking about bro code. And that has nothing to do with giving Austin support. That's about Shep. If you're trying to not be a dick, don't tell him that. There's a time and a place at a table with four dudes throwing that out there for him to find out for the first time. If you are really concerned about quote unquote bro code, that is terrible form, pal. But clearly, and this is when it becomes, sorry, this is when it becomes blaringly obvious oh you want to date or have sex with taylor like that's what this is about you are trying to get austin out of the picture because i guess since you're not that close with shep like you would be i guess an asterisk like it would be kind of okay if you hooked up with her not super okay but he can get past it at least you're not austin but it's it's weird because shep at least says like yeah and austin had mentioned this earlier i think that Shep looks at me as kind of the middleman between him and and Taylor. And I thought that was kind of a stretch until Shep confirms it. He's like, yeah, it's it's like my life raft. I, I have communication via Austin, so I know how she's doing. I can check in, like see what, how things are going, which is also weird. But and I've said this before and I've given him credit for it in the past of all of his shortcomings. Like Shep is a good friend for the most part when it comes to his boys. He trusts Austin on his word because he's like, he's my friend. He goes, he's one of my best friends. I have to take him on his word because that's what friendship is. So like, I appreciated that, but I hated, I absolutely hated this shit out of JT. Like, what are you trying to do, pal? 
Yeah, no, I, I didn't like it either. And JT needs to figure his shit out. Like, it doesn't seem like he's the brightest bulb. And he didn't really expect... I don't know. I, Craig is smart and Craig knows what's going on and is able to kind of point this out and make sure that JT understands and everybody else around it understands. Like he just went on like a love poem about everything that was good about Taylor. JT was able to do that to Taylor's ex-boyfriend right in front of him and say, why'd you let that girl go? She's a great girl. She's beautiful. She does this and that and whatever. And then as soon as somebody tries to bring it back and ask him why he's doing that, and obviously he's pointing it at Austin, he gets all butthurt about it. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, can we stop talking about this? Why does this keep getting brought up? You brought it up. Nobody would have mentioned the whole fucking like ex-girlfriend breakdown between all of them involved would not have happened if JT didn't go so hard in the beginning. And you called it out perfectly. It's exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to get Shep to be jaded towards Austin because then it kind of puts a, a spotlight on what Austin's doing with Taylor. Maybe Austin will back off of Taylor and then JT can swoop in and be the friend. Here's a newsflash for you, buddy. She hooked up with one of your friends. You took her on this fucking full expense paid trip to Paris and London. And yes, still didn't hook up with her. She hooked up with one of your boys and now you're home and you're going to try to get two other friends in trouble and try to run somebody else off her path so that you can sweep in, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to run them off the path and then somebody else is going to sweep in because guess what? You're five foot two. Nobody <laughs> likes you. You're a fucking stick in the mud. You're a shit golfer and you look like a doofus putting a t-shirt on. I, if I had to listen to him complain about the goddamn t-shirt, everybody's got a hat or a t-shirt or something going on there. I don't if, if it's just like micro penis on here, like you probably do have a micro penis. Like that's the whole thing. As the soon only as you get, that would get that up that, in arms. Yeah. Like seriously, as soon as you, nobody even offered it up. He said it right away. He said, as long as it doesn't say tiny dick over here, it's like, okay, but now I want to find a t-shirt that says that. Between him flashing the London house and selling the Charleston house and money, money, money. And then referencing, if it doesn't say little dick, look, if that doesn't say little dick energy, I'm not really sure what does to you. Like you're doing yourself no favors, JT. Just like take a couple plays off, dude. Like take a seat, sit on the bench, take an inning or two off, come back, regroup, come in with a better tactic because this shit's not working for me. It's not yeah, working no, at all. I'm upset that we didn't get to see his car when he pulled into the, the golf club too, because I'm sure it's like a uh, like an F three fifty that's like raised up. It's huge either a tires. listed F three fifty or a Maserati that remarkably resembles a penis. Like yeah. so it's got the bulging like cab and then a really long front end. Like that's what I imagine he's driving. I did like Craig in this instance because Craig's in a weird spot because both Shep and Austin are his boys, but he stands by his own code. And he mentioned that in the golf course. He's like, I've kind of thrown bro code out the window. Like for me, it's not so much bro code anymore. It's my code. And he stands true to that because while this is going on, instead of just letting it kind of happen, he supports Shep and being like, he, he picks and chooses the right time to kind of jump. And he's like, well, have you guys kissed? Like just flat out. Like he puts Austin on the spot. Like, have you kissed? And Austin does the quick look down and goes, no, no. And looks a little sketchy. And <laughs> I love that Craig's like, well, as he's getting up, he's like, I'm going to grab another beer. By the way, Shep, he looked down to the right. Big tell. Down and to the left. Confessional, down to the left. He's like, yeah, if yeah. you look on any spy movie, they look down that way. They're, they're usually lying. So I like the way that, again, Southern Charm 
Craig is is a different guy to me. And I, I like that he's supporting both of his friends in a way. He's not throwing Austin under the bus, but at the same time, he's pushing this narrative forward because he's like, look, this is fucked up what you're doing. It's not cool. I'm your friend, but you're fucking Shep over. And all of us can see it. Like, this is inappropriate. Your relationship with his ex-girlfriend, especially considering your ex-girlfriend is best friends with his ex-girlfriend. This whole thing is like JT said 18 times. It's murky. This is murky. Just saying it's murky. He's not honoring the bro code. He's not honoring the bro. Like, shut the fuck up, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, <laughs> so he's like, hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the Southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. And and Austin going through this, I feel like the buildup for it is perfect because honestly, we know what happens. We know that they get into a big issue and that Taylor and Austin definitely did hook up. When you're watching back last week, yeah, you can take out the the fact that Taylor accused Paige of cheating on Craig. Yeah, you can take out that they were complaining that Paige wasn't coming around and does she like us. Yeah, you can kind of take out even just her kind of going really hard at Craig saying that he wasn't there for her and wasn't supportive. She was such like a she had like a bell cow for Austin, like just mm-hmm. going back and forth and back and forth like Austin's the only one who's ever been there. So if I'm Craig and he's able to pull that out of that whole conversation. Like, that's really weird that she that's is weird. obsessed with Austin. And obviously, we saw last year the whole brother-sister bullshit, which we always call out. It's it's always bullshit. They're always hooking up. You get to kind of see the inner workings of this of this going. And I'm happy that Craig picked up on it. He does it in a subtle enough way. But again, like, they're boys. They've been friends for 20 years. They know how each other tick. He knows that Austin hooked up with Taylor. But he's not just going to yell it out in the... Like maybe five years ago, Craig would just get hammered at the bar and scream that out in front of 25 people. Instead, he's a little little more careful, not necessarily careful. I don't even think careful is the word. He's more pointed when it comes to, all right, Shep, like you're right here. You just saw what he just did when I asked him point blank. Like, I think he's fucking lying. Move on. I'm going to go grab a drink and come back. Shep, I think deep down knows too. And we kind of see a little bit of that later. Like he he said 50-50. I think that, they both kind of know where it is. Shep's a little heartbroken about it and doesn't really know where to be. And Craig's just doing his best to kind of navigate it a little bit. Now you throw in fucking JT over there just kind of shouting things out. That's going to make things murky, bro. That's going to make things murky, bro. I will say I like JT for the show. Honestly, I think he's a dork, but I think that he's good for the show. I don't. The last thing I'll say on this scene is just when the the sleepover comes up, and Austin's like, oh, I had no idea she was in the guest room. When I woke up, she walked in my room. I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck are you doing here? Come on, man. You That's know, Sandoval and Raquel 2.0. Yeah, exactly. It's always the guest room. You always didn't know. And like, dude, I just he is so not smooth when it comes to shit like this. And his face always gives away. Like it's his biggest tell. He has every tell in the world. He must be the worst poker player on the planet. Yeah. Because he's always like looking the other way or like looking at the ceiling and doing the, um, uh, I don't know, man. But I think it's going to be interesting to watch this all play out. Um,
What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about HelloFresh. Look, as a private chef, I can't tell you how much I hate the grocery store. I have to go to the damn grocery store like six times a week to cook orders for people, to cook dinners for people. I gotta look up recipes. I gotta create recipes. At the end of the day, I do not want to think about it anymore. And if you're like me, after a long day of work, the last thing you need to be worried about is what kind of dish am I going to create tonight to keep my taste buds guessing because I'm sick and tired of goddamn chicken and broccoli. You know what I'm talking about. That's where HelloFresh comes in. They send everything to your door in a box on ice so that you do not have to think about it anymore. It's creative recipes, it's healthy recipes, it's things that you want, and it tastes amazing. And when it comes to options, honestly, more is more. That's why HelloFresh's menu includes 40 recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from every week. That's right, they got snacks now. You don't have to go up and down the middle aisles of the grocery store. That, that desperate area where you're walking through and you don't want to grab the ding-dongs but you see the ding-dongs you're like i kind of want a ding-dong next thing you know instead of grabbing the healthy chips that you set out to get you've got three packs of ding-dongs two bags of doritos a bag of cheetos and shame and you don't have to live that way anymore lean on hello fresh and when you get hello fresh you know you're getting top-notch produce since it travels from farm to your door in less than seven days so what are you waiting for go to hellofresh.com slash 50 brav bros and use code 50 brav bros for 50 percent off plus 15 percent off the next two months that's right use code 50 brav bros for 50 percent off plus 15 percent off for the next two months that deal is too good to pass up guys so make your life easier and use america's number one meal kit at hellofresh But the next scene, we get a check in with Vanita and Madison, and I'm glad these two are are friends again because I want to see what Vanita can bring to this show. We didn't get a whole lot out of her last year, and I think that she got kind of railroaded because of the drama that she had with Catherine. Like it kind of it overtook things and the engagement party when it was supposed to be a joint party, and then Madison kind of fucked her over by turning it into an engagement. I just think that she got the short end of the stick. We didn't get enough time to like let her grow into whatever character she's going to be on this show, then I think she deserved more of a shot. So I'm glad that they're cool so we can get more out of her. But in this scene, we get a quick little blurb from Madison where she's like, I think Austin's in love with Taylor. And I think that's important that the other people in the group, especially the women in the group are taking notice. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And when it comes to Vanita, we do need to see more as it stands right now. I just don't think the show needs her. Um, I, I don't know what she's going to bring to the table. I think producing wise, maybe you get a little bit more out of Madison. If Madison's going to go that like housewife route where she's a little more tame, she's not getting herself involved in a lot because she's happy with her life and she's kind of enjoying it and staying home while Brett's out in California. And we do, obviously we get the scene. So it's important to see that Madison said that, but it could have been with anybody like until Vanita shows up in like a group setting. I just don't need her. You know what I mean? Like I don't need the little, the scenes with just her playing with her dog and her dogs running out and like doing things and like calling like her boyfriend seems nice, but like for the show, she is not doing anything for me. She doesn't have that chemistry. She doesn't have that relationship with anybody outside of Madison. I need to see more from her. So we'll see. I'm not ready to write her off yet, but I'm just saying like, if we're, you know, week 10, 12 of this 
and we're still just getting these little clips of Anita with one other person and she's not in a group setting, I'm going to be a little annoyed and I don't need her for the next season. But I want to echo what you said. I think it's important because this group, I don't even want to call them friends because a lot of them aren't even friends with each other at this point. This group is so split down the middle with the guys and girls, like more than any other show. They, all the guys will go out and do their thing and it's a completely different dynamic. And then the girls will get together and it's a completely different dynamic. It's important to see that the girls are understanding what's going on. And obviously Madison's going to be a little jaded towards Austin, but she does know Austin and she understands how he ticks. And she, she knows him better than anybody. Things. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody in that fucking room last week, when Taylor starts spouting off to Craig about how supportive Austin is, is going to start looking at it like, whoa, that's fucking weird. If you have a squeaky clean record and you've never cheated on somebody or done anything shady in your life and somebody does that, people are still going to think it's a little weird. It was bizarre. And Austin does not have a squeaky clean record. So it's no, it's just very easy to be like, oh, there's definitely something going on there. So I think the scene's important, uh, kind of pretty much what you said about just understanding that everybody has their eye on it now and it's it's going to blow up at some point. Yeah, and the the last scene is just back at like round two of the bar crawl and they're finishing the night out and um, we get to meet Rodrigo, not Rod, Rodrigo, who has been friends with these guys for like eight years, Austin specifically. They've been friends for like, I think since they say school, they went to school high together school, in yeah. high school. In Charlotte, yeah. Um, and one thing I want to point out, if this dude's on the show, He's been with his boyfriend for eight years. He should be the voice of reason. When anyone has relationship questions from now on, go to Rodrigo because none of you can maintain a relationship I and felt, this man can. I felt so bad for Rodrigo. Like Rodrigo is, he just seems like the only normal guy in he that whole so scene normal. with both of them. Like he's so fed up with them. He had to sit at a table with just JT. JT's annoying as shit. And he's just sitting there like one word answers to him the entire time. He chugs his beer. He sits down. He just looks so displeased with the way that he's sitting and who he's with. And then later, obviously, they go down, they go downstairs and get shots. And he just looks like he wants to be somewhere else. Like he does not want to be with these guys at all. And Austin's like trying to chime in and like slap him on the back. And you get that scene earlier where uh, Rodrigo says, yeah, I was friends with Austin before he became a douche. And he doubled down. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah now he funny. is. He's just a full on douche. And like, he didn't smile. He didn't even laugh after it. He's that like, yeah, he's genuine. just a douche. Yeah, it seemed that genuine. Seemed genuine. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of a tough look for somebody that you've been friends with for you know 20 years. But yeah, I, I just I just felt so bad for Rodrigo that entire time. Every time he was on the screen, he just looked like he wanted to be somewhere else. <laughs> well, the whole scene's just kind of tying up everything that's been happening during the episode. Like Craig finally calls out when he's standing next to JT. He's like, you're holding I think oh that's what it was they ask JT like when's the last time you had sex and he gets so weird about it he's like, I'm not talking about my sex life it's like that's not rocket science dude it's it, he's not asking you to name names when's the last time you hooked up that's all and he's like oh uh, I don't know when's the last time you hooked up to Austin which it's gonna be within the week let's be real here like the dude hasn't gone more than a week without hooking up yeah probably in the past 10 years so weird question to like throw it back at him and craig makes a joke like oh what are you holding out for taylor then his response is shut up craig 
I'm like, oh my god, you pussy, you really are. Like, what's the he matter? Absolutely with you? is, and that's Why? that's what I was referencing earlier. When it's just like you brought this up, you could have left it alone. You could have just like answered it simply on the golf course. You did not need to go into anything. It was fucking painfully weird when you described all of Taylor's good qualities to her ex boyfriend, who is clearly still like heartbroken over there, trying to get over the whole thing. You did all this weird activity. You opened yourself up to this, pal. So the fact that you're going to lash out immediately after that, like you, you just dug your own grave and now you're mad about it. It's just such a weird move. It's such a weird, like cuck beta move. <laughs> Do you know who JT is? JT's the kind of guy that would get used for a green card. And then his wife would leave him for a ski instructor in the Alps. Yeah. Which I actually, when he said that, I was like, that, that kind of sucks. I felt for him there. It I definitely just wanted to make sucks, a funny joke. It tracks. But, it does track a little bit, but I did like jokes aside, like, yes, that does suck, JT. I'm I'm sorry that she left you for a ski instructor. And he's like, Yeah, her life's awesome. And like turns around. I was like, that was funny. That was one funny out of you, JT. You get one point. So you're one for 20. Nice job. But the most important thing here is we get a check-in with Shep and he's talking to Craig. And we finally get his true thoughts and feelings. Because once again, to Shep's credit, in front of Austin, if he's not riled up, like actively upset. He's not going to cause a ton of shit, at least in my experience. Like he's going to kind of just be like, yeah, you know, whatever, when it comes to Austin face to face, because he doesn't want to open that door yet. But when you get him one on one with Craig, he's like, yeah, it's, it's fucked up. I don't like it. And I'm about 50 50 that something happened. And if you're Austin, like, I, and I know he's got a track record here, but even so, he intros the season. And I guess that was a confessional. So that's actually interesting now that I think about the timing of it. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, I'm the problem in most of my relationships. So I wonder if that confessional is almost postseason where he's looking back like, fuck, yeah, I have a problem now that he's at the end of it, whatever happens this season. Because for him to do that to like, that's your boy. You know, I don't like Shep, but that is your boy, dude. And you add Olivia into this picture. That's messy as shit. That's really fucking messy. The Olivia thing bothers me. That how I I need to see how long they actually dated because they act like they were in like a fucking five year relationship and everything's like so crazy and so weird and I'm gonna be so upset when she's dating somebody else like I'm pretty sure they dated for like four months maybe Max I I agree like I hear what you're saying but at the same time I think that because of one obviously it's a TV show and two you get like the cast dynamic of it and the friend group dynamic I think it's deeper than just that i don't think it's so much like oh they were only a thing for four months i think that you add to the fact that she's best friends with taylor now so that's another thing i also think that it it just goes along with the the guy girl code the friend code if you will like yeah. regardless of the duration of time it is a friend's ex and you just don't cross that street you don't No, you don't no for sure i'm not i'm not even like referencing anything like that it's just I think it's kind of like JT talking about how Charleston's just a bubble and we hear how small the talent is all the time. Yeah, like, that too. They made friends because they were just like going out together all the time or whatever. But look, I mean, as long as Austin's taking responsibility for everything and he notices like we know how him and Olivia ended. He said that he had feelings with her and then a week later said he had no feelings anymore. He changed his mind. So like yeah. it, it does come back to him. Like the reason that you're not dating Olivia, the reason that you're not on good terms with her is because of the way that you handled it. So if he comes back and he says, yeah, you know, like I handled that really shittily and now I'm kind of, 
I, I'm dealing with it and it, it comes right back on me, then I'm okay with that. But if he, if he gets really upset and like, obviously we see next week that he meets with Rod for some fucking reason, I hope they know each other because otherwise that's just the weirdest interaction I've ever that seen. That would be bizarre. That yeah. would be unbelievably bizarre. But he gets really upset when he's talking to Rod about like her going on dates Does and he... stuff. It's like, dude. Does he or is that production? See, I think that he's. No, going to be I think it is. Look. I think they are like, like if Shep found out that Taylor was going on a date with JT, Shep would have a similar reaction. Like, it's just, I think that's who they are. I think they're all kind of similar in that way. Yeah, I think I'm that Austin. to see it. Yeah, I think Austin just kind of has like a split on the whole thing where it's like, yes, he can text her a week later and say he changed his mind. He doesn't have feelings on it with her because he hooked up with somebody else, presumably. Or going back and being upset that she's now dating somebody months and months later when you only had a four year relation or a four month relationship with her. It's just, it's really weird. I think he just needs to get his shit together and figure it out. And hopefully he does because it's better for the show, but we'll see. It's know. murky, bro. It's murky. It's always murky, bro. It's super murky, bro. But let's get on to Roni. And I think we can get through this one a little bit faster um, because it centers around one thing pretty much, but, we start out, Uba and Aaron are, this is immediately following the, the glasses snatch, and we called this whole thing dumb last week. And when we start this episode, it's way less intense than it appeared to be last week. Like, they have separation. Like, they're kind of just jawing back and forth at one another. But Aaron says that this is the worst conflict of her life. What like, a fucking right, sheltered dude. life she's had. Yeah, settle down, bro. <laughs> like, it's not that big a deal. Like, also, not to forget, you said to her, like, pretty much keep my name out of your mouth, which is inviting some shit. Like, yeah. if you start with that, you're introing with, like, what's up? Like, you want to go? <laughs> like, I know it's not going to turn physical, but when you intro with keep my name out of your mouth, like, don't say my name, you're going to get met with a response. And then she snags your glasses. You act like a scared little puppy dog. You back up. Like, don't start shit. Like, don't start and I won't be none. But the whole episode is centered around this. And we're going to get into it a little bit more. But for me, like, this is not that big of a deal. Like, I, I think for not... everybody involved, it's not that big. I mean, like, Cy wants to get involved because she wants to defend Aaron or maybe she wants to show face. I'm still trying to she figure out what. She also wants to squash it. She, the, yeah, the most exactly. of the time, everybody's like, kind of move about the it. fuck on. Yeah, like Jenna, same thing. Jenna's really questioning the whole thing. Look, I think we were bound to have a clunker. This was a clunker. Of an yeah, we were. I, I just didn't. It, this is everything that we talked about. What was right with the Roni reboot all kind of came together with what's wrong <clears throat> about Housewives in general. They got stuck on one stupid fucking thing that nobody cares about. Mm. And were able to not only focus that on the entire fucking episode, which sucked, but they started bringing in other things because Uba starts riling up Bryn and Bryn, you know, Bryn talks about how she lets things go all the time. And she's rather just, she'd rather just smile and kind of like bring her way through things. But yeah, eventually somebody's going to keep saying it and saying it and saying it. And you're going to start looking at Aaron, like Aaron, you're starting all these, all these problems. That's really the only takeaway from the episode is, yeah, I guess she is kind of starting all these fucking problems. Like, I, I do agree with that. It's just, you know, did we need 45 minutes to get there? No, probably not. There was nothing else that was fun or like exciting this entire episode, except for now we know that Jessel keeps a fucking list of yeah, all the things we'll that Aaron's there. done wrong, which, you know, 
I don't condone. And I think that's no. really stupid too. But then they get in the cars or whatever. I will say I it, it's such a weird back and forth the whole time for everybody because when they get in the cars, Bryn's talking to Uba like, you know, I don't think you I understand you were upset, but I think that your reaction was a little bit over the top. Like you always go so low when you get heated. And she's trying actively in that car ride to the bar to like settle things down a little bit. But when they get to bar Elvis or Elvis bar or whatever, we get to meet Elvis. It looks like a lovely little beach bar. He says it's the best beach bar in the Caribbean. Who am I to refute that? It looks like it, but they got every, to drink. Every beach bar in the Caribbean is the best beach bar. Yeah, but that probably is. But they drink it is. Mama Juana, which yep. you didn't come with us to the Dominican. So when we graduated high school, seven of our friends in high school, we all went to the DR for like a week unsupervised at 18 years old, which was a terrible idea, but a really great time. And we drank Mama Juana the entire time. They call it the, um, what is it? Uh, liquid Viagra is what they would call it. Oh my. <laughs> but it's, it tastes delicious, but it's supposed to, it's like an aphrodisiac, I guess. I'll ask Dev about it. Cause we were, we were together at the time, but Maybe um, Jessel and Pavit need to get down there. Hey, I did love that. Jessel tries to explain what moonshine is and, could not be further from what moonshine is she's like it's natural it's alcohol made naturally technically uh, no <laughs> technically <laughs> I, so. I guess but it's more so like what can we scrounge up and ferment into the most potent alcohol on the planet and guess who was the biggest supporter of moonshine in their heyday this guy i fucking loved white lightning that shit was my favorite <laughs> Yeah, there, I mean, there was some commercialized moonshine out there. No, no, that and it shit's was, garbage. Yeah, and it was there's just like guy, malt liquor mixed with Everclear or whatever. Yeah, there's this dude on my team who was from Virginia, like the sticks, or the West Virginia, like middle of nowhere. And his uncle was a moonshiner, and he brewed it out in his shed and in the hillsides behind their house. And he would bring crates, like old school, like back when they used to smuggle alcohol, he would bring a crate of this shit. And he would hand us each a mason jar of white lightning. And if you drink too much, too fast, you can go blind. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about right. That's yeah. what moonshine is, Jessel. But anyway, I thought it was funny yet slightly mean that Bryn is highlighting how forgettable Jessel is the entire episode. I know. Like we get multiple times and each time I giggled and then I'm like, oh, that's that's sneaky one of the meaner things you can say about a person it's like oh they're I extremely don't think, forgettable but i don't think brim was doing it maybe you can just chalk this up for brim being brin i don't think that brim was doing it in a mean way i think that it was it was apparent that jessel is forgettable even elvis was going by and like pouring out shots and forgot about jessel she laughed about it and she's like i feel bad she for jessel well. that this happens but yeah, oh, yeah i mean she took it well but maybe that means she's just used to it but <laughs> I mean, it's just it was really funny to see that because she was forgotten like four or five times. I actually expected them to leave without her. And that would have been like the cherry on top of everything. That would have been really everybody funny. piles into the car and they just drive off. And Jessel's still sitting there waiting for the bill. But while they're sitting at the bar, things get heated again. Like Aaron at this point, I think, is ready to just like chalk it up. Like she's waiting for her to return the sunglasses or whatever. She doesn't want to get into this anymore. Every time Uba starts talking, she seems to get riled up again. And she starts yeah. being trying to explain like why she's so pissed about it. And it's like, at this point, we get it. We understand why you're mad. We don't need to keep hearing the same thing. 
And now you get a separation in the group entirely where Jenna is playing almost like mom to Aaron to try to keep her from having a total meltdown while the other girls are playing limbo across the bar, which at first I thought Jeff was solo with his way. I saw his wedding ring and I thought he was yeah. at that beach bar by himself. And he's like, ladies, we got, we got limbo. My <laughs> wife is not here and we got limbo. And then when he's at the actual limbo stick, I think that was his wife across from him. They were both policing the limbo sticks. And that made me feel a little bit better. But I, I initially was like, Jeff, what are you doing, Jeff? Like, this Jeff, you TV, dog. Jeff, you dog. <laughs> <laughs> but all we needed was that uh that older guy at the bar watching Bryn go down on that straw to just pop oh, up. Oh god, like, that was so fucking oh, funny. What a, what a week this is for me. I get to run into these girls again and now I get to watch them play limbo. Like we just get uh, him like sitting him? in the back. You oh just man, see him, like peek been... over like the bar top like just his that eyes been like the ultimate callback. And then you see his wife come out of nowhere and just smack him upside the head. God, god damn it, Ronald. Get in the hotel room. <laughs> but after that they head to lunch and this is when Sai is starting to, she's tired of it. She's like, we just need to resolve this. Like, can we move on from this? And I, Uba keeps using the word abuse. She keeps saying that Aaron's abusive and a liar. And I'm like, all right, dude. I'm starting to think back. like, and we talked about this with Jenna because Jenna offered it up. I'm wondering like, has Uba ever been on a girl's trip? Like I'm starting to wonder if any of them have been on girls trips. Like, this Good just point. seems like something that happens if you get Aaron saying something like you said earlier, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I wonder if maybe people just don't fuck with Uba ever and like they've never done anything like that to Uba and she just lost her shit and has maybe. no idea how to handle it. And she's trying to deal with all these emotions, but not once, at least until she got back. I mean, obviously, World War Two happened or World War Three happened, but the entire time she doesn't even once consider like this is stupid but like she there's a couple of things here like one she leaves her fucking phone everywhere yeah she loses every it time she times. every time she leaves the car she leaves her fucking phone behind she didn't have missed calls she didn't have missed text messages just fucking leave it alone like there's no reason to get this worked up about all of this bullshit and keep going after Aaron like one Aaron gets it everybody fucking gets it do i think that Aaron fully understands and can like get the gravity of the situation like it doesn't really matter how dumb the prank is if somebody gets that upset about something at some point you got to be like all right look uh, you're really upset it was a dumb prank i'm really sorry i didn't mean to get you that worked up we yeah. get nothing from aaron aaron just gets really upset about uba being upset and then uba just keeps working herself up and it's just like a fucking endless cycle that no one can slow down and again 45 minutes of this like well it just never fucking stopped and because it never slowed down what ends up happening is the rest of the group starts getting a little tipsy and when you hear the same person talking shit on somebody else long enough and you also have some ammo against that person now they start jumping in and now they're all sitting at the table together aaron's not present and they're all bringing up shit that aaron's done in the past right which does highlight you know what Aaron starts shit. She's a shit talker. And that's a bad look for Aaron because initially you can almost garner some sympathy. You're like, damn, they're really ganging up on her. But then they start going through things. You're like, is the reaction a little over the top? Sure. But yeah, you really haven't gotten checked the whole season and you've started a ton of shit. You kind of like take it upon yourself when the one person that's not present in the group, you will talk about that one person that's not there. So well, I do think that it was over the top. When they start pointing things out, I'm like, oh, okay. 
like they're starting to have a point here. <laughs> and, yeah, and I I will say the one thing that I do I did actually like that I can take away from all of this. I love the move where you're leaving and then you decide to go back and just sit somewhere else at the bar. It's so funny. It, it, it's funny. Back. It's it's yeah. just funny. Like one, yes, you're in, you're in the Caribbean. You can go anywhere that you want. There's probably 15 bars. You know, Elvis has the best one, but there's probably a ton more bars. You decide, no, we're not going to walk up the coast and go to a different bar. Let's just go back to this bar. We'll just go sit on the other side of the bar. And they then they immediate, <laughs> immediately call back to it. But there's still like, like, look, if, if I'm Aaron and I walk away, I'm expecting them to finally stop at the very least. She walks back in with Jenna. They're still going. I know. Like even further, even deeper, just like fully pushing forward on this whole fucking agenda. Aaron walks back in and you look across the bar and they're still arguing about Aaron. They're still talking and shit about like, Aaron. It's like, what the fuck? Like, at like, least I remove. All right. So if I remove myself from the situation, nothing gets better. It clearly gets worse, apparently. Yeah. Because so then they just maybe get that each was other the wrong call. Up. Yeah. It's just, ah, uh, man. But we did get to find out what Bryn does. We found out that she went to school to be a doctor. She was pre-med. She failed one class, like organic chemistry or something, and then pivoted to PR. She explains that she got into a niche market or something along those lines where she got really good at her job and is now able to work 10 hours a week and pull in some good money as a consultant. But at least we get some answers there because we've been wondering what exactly it is that she does. But my favorite little quip from this scene, only because we got to watch Jessel talk to Pavit about spending a hundred grand to send their two kids to a private preschool was Jenna Lyons of all people who has all the money be like, yeah, I didn't want to send them to this pretentious private school. I wanted to send them to public school because everyone's all of the reasons that Jessel wants her kids in private school were all of the reasons that Jenna did not want her kids in private school. And she lists them off in front of Jessel. And I was like, Oh, this is great. This is so great because Jessel's not going to say shit to Jenna. She's going to sit there and listen and be like, uh, that's, I want all those things though, Jenna. I want those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving on from that, we're riding back to the house. And this is when we get what you alluded to earlier. This stupid list that Jessel keeps in her phone. And when she says, I've got a bulleted list and everyone starts calling her al capone for some weird reason i don't, did he keep lists was i don't he a big know. list guy I don't, I don't think he was a list guy i think it was like a hit list maybe they were trying to loosely reference i don't i don't see al capone then a hit list a would hit be list. people al capone definitely had a hit list i think that he just called people and put out hits i don't think he wrote them down i think he's like hey yeah, see i, I need I, this guy taken out see so even even in our wildest imagination, voice. and we're trying our hardest to figure out what the fuck they mean, we can't figure it out. No, so that just means that they're wrong. Whatever they or, were trying to he, do, he calls him Al Pacino. Yeah, well, <laughs> hua, but they, uh, <laughs> so two nights in a row, you did a hua last night too. <laughs> I did a hua at the bar last night at the birds game. Um, but we find out about this list. So I'm I'm going into this thinking like, okay, she's going to list exact moments that Aaron was talking shit about everybody in the group that nobody else heard. No. She's talking about things that everybody heard and just her reaction to those things. Like, oh, my parents are rich? Fuck you. Oh, you think that I have a trust fund? Well, I don't. Fuck you. And I was like, is this? I mean, look, if this is therapeutic for you and this is how you work through things without exploding at situations that okay i can get on board for that but this is a weird thing to have in your phone and then to double down and say this is how i operate i will take a mental note first 
if you do it again, I'm going to write down what I would have said to you if I had said something, but I didn't say it. That's like, what we, we talked about this last week. Like this is the argument that you have with yourself in the shower two hours after an argument. Right, oh man, I could have said this. It's just like we know that that's what Jessel does. It's just weird. I think you you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that they just got a little too tipsy and we were talking about the same person over and over and over again. Jessel got to a point and look, this might just be a weird Jessel quirk that she just does this with people that she doesn't like. Or maybe, maybe she feels like they don't like her. So she starts getting ammunition so that she can work herself up to then not like them in return. That's the best way I can kind of put that. I think that they just got a little tipsy, got a little out of control. And Jessel goes, I'm going to tell these girls about the list and they're going to love it. It's like, no, nobody's really going to understand what the fuck you're talking about. Before that happened, right before they get back in these little cart things to go back to the house. They agree to stop Uba, talking about it. They agree to stop talking about it. And Uba apologizes for her part in the whole thing. Yep. To the, she goes, look, I'm sorry for my part. And then on the ride back, Jess was like, well, I got some shit on this bitch. And I'm about to lay it on you guys. I'm like, no, we're so close. Don't do it. I don't think that we were actually that close, though, because we've I don't think seen, so either. We've seen Erin try to, quote unquote, squash things in the past. She sucks at squashing. Things. She's so bad at squashing things because she tries to win the squash. That's the it's worst really part that you can it. do in a fucking squash. Don't and she's trying. Yeah, there, there are winners in squash, the sport, just, you know, not this. No. And she tries to always come out on top of these like apologies or whatever you want to call them. So I didn't think that the Uba Aaron conversation one was going to happen tonight. Like maybe well, just kind of yeah, let it simmer and, after that. Yeah, just maybe let it simmer and talk about it the next day or wait till you get back to New York and just try to survive the trip. I don't know. Aaron gets to talk to her dad and she's crying to her dad about it. I thought her dad had some pretty good advice. Just let it lie. Stop getting involved. She did not. She tried to immediately talk to Uba about it as soon as she got home. Just fucking leave it alone. It's just like you just watched. Every time you talk about it, Uba gets re-mad about it. It's going to happen. Like, just fucking let it lie. Leave it alone. No, Aaron takes it upon herself as soon as as soon as Uba enters the house. Uba, can you... Uba come is what she said. Yeah, brutal intro. Like by fuck the way. Like, off. Come on, dude. If and then I thought, like, all right, me, maybe get the fuck out of here. Uba, Uba didn't freak out about that first part, which I would have been pissed off immediately. I like, would have been like, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, walk yeah. away. See ya. I was fine. And now I walked in this house and you said, come? Like, no. So she starts off terribly. The whole thing just spirals because Aaron does not let it go. Aaron is trying to prove a point, which Aaron. You're not wrong. We get the point that you're trying to prove. It's stupid. It's dumb. You're trying to get way too specific. Clearly, you've done this with Uba in the last two or three hours. She does not understand where you're coming from. She has her own issues with this. Just fucking agree to disagree. That's all let you it, have to do. Let the entire situation settle down and then you two reconvene at a later date instead of trying to jump on it immediately. But this is when I started to feel bad for Aaron when they get to the hot tub scene because now they're all tuned up a little bit. That's all of them have been hate, drinking yeah. except for Uba. And they all start to jump in out of nowhere. Like Bryn, who they had squashed the Abe shit, right? Like that was over and done with. But all of a sudden now Bryn's got a major problem with Aaron about it. And she's like, oh, I think it's pretty fucking weird that you would even like, that's pretty reckless to put it out there. And it's like, all right, well, time out. Let's take a step back here. You want to jump on the fuck Aaron train right now. Let's not forget, you were the culprit. You were the one being inappropriate with Abe. That's still not okay. Just because she has squashed it and forgiven you for those weird things you were saying at her anniversary party does not take away from the weird things you said at the anniversary party. You're still the you're in the wrong here, not Aaron. 
So let's not forget that. But now you're trying to turn the tables and say, oh, that was reckless of you to put that out there. Then don't flirt with her dude at the anniversary party. That's all. It's pretty yep. simple. And then definitely don't bring it back up in this weird moment just because everyone else is piling on her. And Jessel takes a turn. Bryn takes a turn. Uba takes a turn to the point and you're watching it happen in real time. And I hate these moments. And we've all been and like they even say that we've all been a part of those moments where you see it. Either you're there or it's happening to you and you just lose control entirely. And everybody you're, you get it left and right. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I can't handle this. This is too much shit. I'm going to fucking snap. And she's either going to one punch somebody or two. She's going to curl up into a ball and start like crying and sobbing, which is what she did. And I genuinely felt for her there. And thank God, sigh of all people is the voice of reason. Who's like, guys, whoa, this seems like a lot. Like, this is an ambush right now. Let's pull it back a little bit. Finally, she gets out of the hot tub and bounces after she breaks. And that's when the group is like, oh, guys, I think, or no, as she's like starting to cry, that's when the group's like, whoa, I think we've gone too far, guys. I think maybe we pushed the envelope a little bit. Let's reel it in. Within 10 seconds, now Uba's hugging Aaron, and then Bryn's hugging Aaron. I'm like, you guys did this to her, and now you're like, oh, our bad. Too far? We're cool now. We just wanted, and I guess there is a piece of it where it's like, this is your comeuppance. Like, you've been talking shit for 10 episodes. Like, this is what you get. I get that part of it, but not in an ambush. I'm never never cool with an ambush i'm never cool with everybody gang up on a person that's clearly about to cry and like lose their shit that's never never the right move no and i i think that we i mean we talked about this pretty much the entire season about how quickly things get resolved and maybe we were a little ignorant to how that works thinking okay it's resolved it's actually resolved and mm -hmm. we don't have to hear about it again. And this is, it just kind of all opens back up for, you know, one way or another. It just kind of comes all the way out. Look, I, I don't know. I, I hope that this is the last that we hear about the stupid fucking phone prank. Um, I think what we might get out of this now is Aaron might be a little bit more guarded about the things that she says. Because she does. I mean, we can both admit this entire season, she just says things that are mean to other people. And she says it to their face, which is, you know, you can take sometimes. that with a grain of salt. Whoa, like, whoa. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's Other true. Times sometimes she'll wait till they're not there. But let's I still, just think she's, she's a shitster. That's what she, she is. She, I, yeah, she is a shitster. And she's, look, I, she's on a housewife show. She's trying to figure shit out. I don't think, I don't really like the way that she knows about it. But, you know, what are you going to do? You can't, you, you can't, yeah, exactly. For a TV show, you can't really complain about it. But I'm upset that they brought things up from the past because that's just I, I just always fucking hate that. Like, shut up. Yeah, like, we, we talked about this. Moving. We squashed it. We're done. Let's move on. So hopefully it is. If this is the show that we think it is and we thought it was this whole season, they will move on. Maybe Aaron will be better for it. She will not talk as much shit because she realizes you will get cornered in a hot tub and yelled at and you will cry. That's going to happen. So there you go. You're good. Maybe Jessel will stop with her stupid list. I mean, that's, <laughs> I that's so. probably a good place to start. Um, so. And and look, I, I think that overall, you know, you kind of got everything out in the air and everything seems okay now. There's a hug. So I here's what I think to to actually give credit to this season and this reboot as far as like, yeah, did we harp on something for 45 minutes that was not worth it? 1000%. However, if it's actually squashed after one episode, that is still better than what we've seen out of other Housewives episodes where this instance would have gone on for three to four episodes 
of the same stupid shit. So if it's actually squashed, what I think, if I know this group like I think I do, I hope that this is now used as a joke. I hope this comes up in future episodes as like, oh, I'm going to take your phone. Ha, ha, ha. And they're able to just like laugh and move on from it. That will show me that this is a different breed of housewife show and not something that we've dealt with in the past. Because like you said in the beginning, it was bound to happen. We got our first clunker. Like it was going to happen. You can't have a perfect season. We get that. So I think that it's, you know, if they're able to move past this quickly, we're, we're still on the right track here. We're still doing just fine. Yeah, that's a good point. I did think that uh, Bryn stole Uba's phone at the end there because she was smiling and laughing oh, when, when, she Uba was away, looking, yeah. when she ran away looking for her phone. But I think she was smiling and laughing because Uba left her phone in the fucking car again. But is that one of those where it's so like, don't fucking do that, that it would actually be funny? That's what I think. It's like at that point, I it's think it, so it, obscene it, that you're Bryn like... Only Bryn could do it. Only Bryn yeah. could do that. I think she could get away with it. But yeah. We'll see what happens next season. I'm excited. But that takes us down to the question portion of the show. So let's see what we've got. My daughter's asking to download a game right now. <laughs> I have to okay <laughs> it on my phone. <laughs> I guess that's technically a question. All right. Up first from KMP225. Do you think Taylor and Austin hooked up? Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> from Susie B0302. What Philly sports family would be best on a housewives type show? I, the only families, I mean, you get the Kelseys, obviously. Um, yeah, they don't strike me as housewives types. They just, they just did like the documentary. I think that's enough. I don't want too much content. It's, it, it'll, it'll make things murky, bro. When it comes to uh, Philly sports, uh, I, I don't know other families in the Philly sports. Like, I don't know. You I would have do to like say a, it would have to be either. It would probably have to be a baseball wife because I was going to say I would do a show baseball wives. There was a show there's... called Baseball Wives on reality TV because they're like in some instances the the wags, if you want to call them the yeah, wives. We, we met friends. one of them. We did. We did a live show with one of them. Oh yeah, Megan King. Right. <laughs> Duh. So there you go. Yeah, that, it would have to be a baseball player's wife. I think that would probably fit the bill. But moving on. Oh, I like this from efits07. Bros, need some fantasy football help. Can you list the top people to have on my list? Wait, no, that's too broad of a question. What do you need? Quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs like that. So who's on your waiver also, wire? We can't get week, into that. It's week four. Yeah, I, this isn't draft time, Fitz. Yeah, sorry, Fitz. From Girl at the Rock Show, and you... <laughs> Uh, you asked the question and then you at least followed up at your last box with sorry for the million boxes. I've never answered one of these before. LOL. Love you guys. But the first part of her question was she literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She has seven boxes for one question. Is Taylor responsible for staying in a relationship with Shep? Is that her? Do you blame her for, I guess is what she's saying for staying with Shep, like knowing who um, Shep, for knowing who Shep is. Yeah, I mean, we we saw that a bit last year where she was questioning her relationship with Shep. And, I mean, she had a perfect character assessment of who Shep is, 
questioned why she was in the relationship and then remained in the relationship. I don't know. I mean, those are like the inner workings of, you know, you're in a relationship, you, you stay in the relationship, but you know that there's things wrong. I think everybody goes through that. You know, it's just not, uh, I wouldn't point at her directly and say, yeah, definitely blame her. She should have gotten out earlier because it's, it's easier said than done. I think that's the best, like best way to put it in retrospect. Yeah, sure. And devil's advocate on the outside looking in here. Sure. There's a lot of red flags. However, if you're in love with somebody, I think that you will always assume like, oh, I can change this person. Even when it's somebody like Shep who has proven time and time again that he's not going to change and has even voiced that. So I think that that's where it kind of comes into like, oh, is it her? I don't want to say fault, but like, should she have left sooner? Yeah. But again, that's way easier for us to sit here and say that than when she's in the throes of an actual relationship with somebody that she's imagining marrying to the point where she'll quit her job and travel the world with him. So easier yeah. said than done. I guess you could argue that, but I, I don't think it's that cut and dry. No, never is. All right, let's do two more. From all hard agree. Why does anyone trust Austin? He continues to be a fuck boy and a bad friend. I don't know. <laughs> he gets away with it. I think cause he's kind of like, he's like a golden retriever. Yeah. And that's really it. He just, he is one of those people that can come out unscathed from things after a certain amount of time because he's, he's charming and he has that like playful disposition. It just there. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's people like that in this world that can get out of things scot-free and he's one of those guys and it, he will continue to be. I don't think that we're going to see the last of him because we like watching him on TV guys. We all do, unfortunately. So if you don't like him, stop watching, but you're going to, because he brings a, major factor to the show yep oh i like this let's finish with this one from max june shooter if you had to date would you date austin or would you date shep Oof. and it was directed at you just me that's yeah wild singled you um, out um shep Really? Yeah. You take right, me so to Royal Melbourne. World. Yeah, we, we would have right. we'd have so a good bromance. We would go to Australia. He's identical twins. I'll take one, he takes the other. It sounds great. Oh, you're dating Shep, you dumbass. Yeah, but you we're are both dating straight. Shep. So what it really is is an I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry thing. Oh, you're you're gonna pull a loophole. Yep. Okay. All right, I think you sidestepped the question, but I would probably date <laughs> <laughs> I would date Shep, honestly, which is hysterical to say, but here's why. You're going to get cheated on in either relationship. At least with Shep, you get more perks. That's a good point. You well know, put. I'm just going to play that. But other than that, you got anything else? No. Yeah, go Phils. Go Phils. Well said. Um, make bitch. sure you follow us on all of our socials at Brav underscore bros. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Brav Bros Podcast and keep a lookout. We already announced on November 19th, we will be in LA at the Bourbon Room with Zach Peter. We're doing a Thanksgiving, like a Friendsgiving kind of thing. So stay tuned for ticket sales. We'll announce those when they drop. Um, other than that, go Phils. And go Birds. Thank you, Jesus. Go go to sleep. Go drink some fluids no. and rest, you sick, I've been drinking pieces. fluids all goddamn day. Yeah, well, drink some more, pal. Brock bros are out of here. Bye.
Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.